Welcome to the Abundance Hub podcast. My name is Jessica Shembury. As an empowerment coach, mentor, and speaker, I'm dedicated to helping people learn how to live authentically in alignment with their values. I truly believe that everyone is capable of greatness. If you are looking for an honest and refreshingly down-to-earth podcast that can help you become the best version of yourself, you have come to the right place. Think of this podcast as your go-to weekly dose of mindset development. Get ready to feel empowered because the tools and strategies I'm sharing will absolutely change the way you think. Please visit theabundancehub.com to read more about my offerings and subscribe to receive a free gift straight to your inbox. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's begin. Welcome to episode seven at the Abundance Hub. I am so excited to have you guys back. And today's episode and subject is something that I'm super, super excited to talk to you guys about. Um, I am going to tell you a bit of a backstory before I get into the subject as such. But what we're talking about today is something called social contagion. So this is the spread of an effect or a behavior from a, from one person to a crowd. Um, so basically what that means is that one person will serve as the stimulus and other people go into action to imitate that person. Um, it might sound a little bit above some of your, you know, above some of your heads, or it might sound like a bit of an outlandish kind of theme that we're talking about today, but I think it's a really important topic. And as you listen on, you guys will kind of be enlightened as to why I felt like this is such a cool thing to talk about. And let me tell you guys that the reason that I bring different subjects up on the podcast is because these are the types of things that I work with, with my one-on-one clients in the abundance hub. And, um, And they're really important things that we discuss and that we work on towards reaching breakthrough points with people. So when I talk about a breakthrough point, I've had many along my journey. And one that I will talk about in another podcast is an extreme breakthrough point that I had mid last, I think it was mid last year, um, while I was on an airplane. So if I don't eventually get to that, I'm going to have to be reminded through this podcast, but that was a breakthrough point for me. And so with a lot of my clients, what I do is I work with them with certain techniques and certain theories and certain um, subjects, subject matter. And we use that as a tool to get to a point where they break through a certain behavior. And um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of background around this subject. And when I first started to study the idea of social contagion. And I I named this podcast social what, because when I first started researching it, my, you know, the things I was kind of looking up was like, well, why do people take on other people's behavior? And I realized that, you know, there's a lot of studies that have been done and there's, you know, there's actually a lot of research or sets of research that's come come out around different ways that social contagion has, you know, had a wave over 
over societies, over suburbs, over certain places in the world. So a couple of centuries ago, there was a wave of suicides that swept across Europe. Um, It somehow became infectious and they researched and studied that happening and they linked it back to what they were calling social contagion. Another set of research has come out on a financial contagion phenomenon where people um, in certain little blocks of areas have started to create incredible abundance in terms of their finances. And they, again, linked it back to what they would call social contagion, where it was like this behavior started happening and then more and more people took on that behavior. So this can be something that can be used or that can be displayed in quite awful and negative ways. Um, you would, you could look at things like that in terms of, you know, um, religious decisions. You could look at that in terms of the terrorist acts and things like that. And then you could look at it in terms of really, really positive and incredible ways where social contagion can be something that can uplift communities, that can uplift businesses, that can uplift families and friendship groups and all sorts of things. So as you can probably tell, I'm pretty excited and I'm really, really, I'm keen to kind of delve into this with you guys. And the reason I want to do that is because every single podcast that you guys are listening to with me, I want you to have a takeaway. I want you to have an aha moment. So please, if you are not driving, put pen to paper for this episode, because you're going to love what I've got to share. If you are driving, definitely don't, but you might need to listen through twice. Um, but there was a, um, there was a YouTube video that came out not very long ago. And if you, if you look up in YouTube, the first follower, it's a leadership lessons video that I watched a couple of years ago at a conference. And anyone who knows me knows that I love going to music festivals. So attending music festivals, watching live music, dancing, screaming, you know, singing at the top of my lungs. This is all part of some of my most favorite things to do. So since I was about 14 years old, I was quite a tomboy when I was younger and me and my brother both loved attending music festivals. So at first we had, you know, we actually had just this, this like-minded love for punk music. Um, And so when I started going to music festivals, I was the one that would squish through the crowds. I would be like, excuse me, I'm trying to find a friend. And I would push through. Everyone hated me. I once went to, I can't remember, I think it was a Warped Vans tour, which for anyone in their mid-30s, you'll be like, I remember those. But anyone younger, you'll be like, Jess, you're getting old. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Um, But so I went to this warped, I think it was that one. It was one of those anyway. And Silverchair were playing. Um, I believe also Newfound Glory were playing, who I absolutely love. There were so many amazing bands on that I loved. But Silverchair were playing, and I, I really genuinely thought that there might be a possibility at the age of 14 or 15 that if Daniel Johns and I made eye contact, he might want to marry me (laughs) um, because I was obsessed with him. So I was the one that was at the front of the crowd. Like I waited there, I think it was for four or five hours to make sure I was in the front row at music festivals. And, and so when I saw this video, it really connected with me personally because I love music festivals and I love the way they make you feel. And I really love big crowds of people. Um, I've always said this, actually, this is a really good story. I love how I just come up with stuff randomly on here, but 
this is why it's not scripted. <laughs> um, so it would have been, gosh, it would have been at least five years ago. I went to a big day out with my brother and the Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing. And, you know, they, I think it would have been at least 80% of the whole of big day out flooded to where they were playing. So normally with big day out, you've got all these different stages and, you know, different strokes for different folks. And everyone's kind of watching different stuff. But when the Chili Peppers were, were about to play, it was chaos. Like, I don't think the security staff had any idea what was about to happen, but you know, when they start singing and the the 60, 70,000 people in the audience start singing the same song together at the same time, there's this feeling, and it's actually giving me goosebumps, um, even like remembering it, but there's just this feeling of like, wow, these people all, we're all the same. Um, which is a really important message because every human in one way, shape or form, we're all the same. We're so similar in so many ways. We have no idea yet. I think we're constantly feeling like we're outside of the box. We're not the same. We're not good enough. All these BS stories. Um, but when you're at a concert or a festival and everyone sings the same lyrics, it's just this incredible feeling. And so the vibe is really, is really high. Anyway, so this YouTube video, when I first watched it, I loved it. And it was all about leadership lessons. Um, it's called, if you just like put into YouTube first follower, I think it's got like 5 million views now, but basically it's just one cool cat, crazy guy. He's probably fairly intoxicated and he's on like this little hill and he starts doing his thing and he's dancing on his own. Um, and then people start to join him. And so it's one or two, and then it becomes like this big, this big group of people. It's hard to kind of express to you guys how cool the video is, but you should definitely take the time to watch it. Um, especially if you're finding what I'm talking about with the social contagion idea, something that you feel you might do a bit of. Um, if you don't ever feel like you have at one stage in your life been a little bit on the social contagion spectrum, let's call it that. Um, I would love to know because clearly you're someone who I need to get, um, in alignment with, because I think at one stage or another, we we've all done something where we've like in a positive or a negative way where we have, um, instead of making a conscious choice, we've kind of like used the behavior of others as a motivation or as, um, as a reason to make a decision that wasn't really, wasn't really our own. So when it comes to this, I, um, I think what kind of happens with this, with this idea is that you catch, like, let's call it catch as in like catching a flu, um, or a disease. Let's, but it can be positive or negative. So I want to get that out of the way, but you catch others, emotions or behaviors. So there's some really cool and simple examples of this that I can share with you. Like, have you ever been on an airplane, for example, and you've thought, I don't know, I think I'm just going to watch the in-flight entertainment, but then you see someone next to you. This has happened to me so many times, like reading a book or working on their laptop and you think, oh, I shouldn't just watch the Kardashians on the in-flight entertainment. I should probably be more productive. Um, or you've, it's like this, this happens to me all the time because I love drinking wine and I like, like being social, but so you've seen someone next to you on the plane and they've ordered like a glass of wine. So you're like, oh, I was trying to be healthy today, but 
hey, it's 12.30 p.m., like it's past midday, I can legitimately order the wine because they've ordered the wine. Um, This, when you actually read up about this social contagion and, and how it can happen, this can happen in so many ways. So this can happen in like small ways like that, where you make a better decision because of someone, or you, you make a social decision because of someone else, you make a worse decision because of someone else. But, um, like another kind of example of something that can happen in day-to-day life is say, for example, this happens to me a lot. I try not to have my phone out a lot when I'm out to lunch, but if someone else has their phone out on the table, then I just feel like, well, they're doing it so I can do it. Whereas really deep down my values and my opinion is like, if you're out, be engaged with the person that you're, that you're out with and don't have the phone out, you know, facing up on the table, but it's something that I'm guilty of doing all the time. Um, Another thing is like ordering dessert, for example. So a lot of, a lot of my stuff is all based around food, <laughs> but, um, ordering dessert. So you might not really be a dessert person, but everyone's ordering dessert. So you order dessert. Now, these are really small ways that social contagion can become part of your life, but bigger ways. And this is stuff that has been actually researched and studied on is that weight gain can be a social contagion as well. And things like divorce, things like that serious. So it tends to happen and you can, you can see this happen a lot where, you know, someone breaks up or has a divorce and then the next person does, and it becomes like this contagious thing. Same like when people start getting married in groups, especially around the certain age that, people tend to get married. It's like that, that tends to happen. And I think obviously there are some things that aren't just coming down to social contagion, but I think it's really interesting to be aware of it and be like, wow, I can see, especially in the small behaviors where I do this way too often, where I'm, um, doing something for the sake, for the fact that someone else has done it. So they say that you're 70% more likely to do the same thing as someone else, um, if they're doing it around you. So the great thing around this, this idea and being aware of how this can happen is that if you want to be, for example, a more purpose-driven person, if you want to be live more in alignment with your values, then you can be the guiding force around positive social contagion. And that's really my message today. So, um, it is a little bit hard to explain it, but I kind of put it into two categories. So you've either got conscious, here we go, Jess talking too fast. (laughs) I'm trying so hard to speak clearly for you guys. And honestly, this is so challenging for me because I, I feel like I mumble a lot, but I hope I don't. I think I've got my podcast voice on. Um, so you make conscious choices or you make or you use prior motivations to determine your choice. So I'll say that again. So when it comes to social contagion, you either make conscious choices or you use prior motivations as a, as a facilitator towards the choices you make. Now, what I mean by conscious choice is that when you are living, I suppose, what I should say, and if you guys have listened to my previous episodes, you know this, and I've had so many requests around me doing a podcast on my mission and vision statement and how I came to create it. And I'm going to do that. I promise guys, but honestly, it's so in depth. It's not just 
as simple as a 30, 40 minute podcast. So, but the most powerful way to, to be in this world is where you're on a straight path or a straight line living towards your values and your mission. So when you know what's important to you, it's the most powerful, absolutely unequivocally, no ifs, buts, questions about it. If you know what your path is, if you know where you're going and you know what your vision and mission is for this life, then it's the most powerful way to live is on a straight line towards it. So when you're on a straight line towards your living towards your values and your mission, then you make conscious choices. So you make choices that you're in control of. You you exercise decision-making. So there's so many times when people just aren't good at making decisions for themselves, for their future. They just decide to sweep things under the rug instead of just being a conscious decision maker. So being in control, making conscious decisions, and then having that long-term laser focus, those are three things that kind of embody what conscious choices are. When I talk about the prior motivations, then determining what your actions are, that is things like social media. Um, so that monkey see monkey do stuff. Um, I've kind of given you a few examples, but I did, I did also want to touch on a few things around social media. So prior motivations can be something that can be really, really toxic. So when it comes to what you're exposed to in the media, um, what you're looking at through your social news feeds, you can make decisions based on other people, which is, is what we're talking about here, social contagion. You can make decisions based on other people, despite the fact that you really don't even give a shit or don't even care about the decision you're about to make. So I'll give you a really good example of things that I'm sure we've all done, but I'll give you examples of things that I'll do. So I will see someone wearing something and I'll go, oh, that looks really good on them. I think I need that. I've done it so many times where I've actually gone and bought things in the past that I don't even like because I think, oh, that's cute on them. I should go do that because I think I want to be more like them. Now, this was previous to me actually owning who I am, having self-worth um, to the you know nth degree. This was previous to me having a mission statement practicing wealth principles, because now I never do any of that stuff because I buy things because I like them, not based on what society is showing me, not based on me wanting to be like someone else or based on me valuing the opinions of others. So I typically am the girl who likes to wear black, gray, white denim. I'm not very colorful. Um, over the last couple of years, I've definitely become a little bit more feminine, but there have been so many times in the past, especially when it comes to gym gear, where I've brought bought bright colored gym gear thinking, oh, that looks really cool on someone else, but not loved it because I'm most comfortable in low key black gym gear. Now I know that might sound really unimportant, but the thing is it is important because if you're doing that monkey see monkey do stuff, if you're like, oh, my friend just got eyelash extensions, so I need to go get them but I really, I really love me as I am like, and I don't feel the need to, um, I wish as an, as an example, but the thing is we can do it with anything, right? So someone buys the, the newest craze, the newest fitness brand or the newest lipstick from Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner or 
the new shoes or whatever it is, especially when it comes to purchases, um, or someone goes to this restaurant and you're like, I feel the need to go there. I don't even like this type of food, but I need to go there to get the thing, the Instagram post or the, this, what that's doing guys is it's pulling you away from your line towards your vision, your mission and your values. It's steering you off path. So if you picture that when you have a really, really, a really, really purposeful driven life, when you have this mission statement that you're reading every day, and when you're working towards long-term vision, if you picture all of that, and then you go, okay, I know that it's important for me to be like, for me, I've got some, some high value, um, really important things I need to tick off this, this mission statement. And, and some of those include really huge income goals. You know, being a self-made millionaire is one of the things that's on the list. So if I divert too much away from the long-term vision and the plan, because I'm, you know, I'm being sucked into social contagion and I'm thinking, oh, well, she just got new things. So I need new things, or I'm, I'm spending money where I don't need to. I'm behaving in ways I don't need to. I'm doing things because I'm catching the behavior from other people. Now, if this is resonating with you, please let me know. But how many times have you honestly done something just because you've seen someone else do it? Now think about 20, 30 years ago when there was no social media, there was pen pals. I think that was kind of the extent, or you'd have to see someone in person and in order to see what they were doing or what they were up to or what was in their house. How many times have you seen something on social media? Someone just bought this. So you're going to go buy it or someone's doing this. So you're going to do it. And sometimes don't get me wrong. This can be an incredibly positive ripple effect. So if, if you're watching someone on social media and you're watching them drink green smoothies and, and train every day, and you're watching them delve into personal development and you're like, wow, this is super positive and it's rubbing off on me, then that is effing awesome. That is where we want social contagion to be working its powers. But if you're sitting there playing the comparison game, um, if you're sitting there feeling this desperation to be like other people, um, you're thinking your life isn't as exciting and then you're doing things that are causing you to make decisions that aren't serving your long-term goals or causing you to spend money where it's not meant to be spent, causing you to behave in certain ways, causing you to say, I'm jealous of them. I want what they have. Then that's where you really want to be. You really want to be in control of your own decisions and of your own thinking. Um, so I suppose the question that you guys are going to have is, well, how do I then know what's important and how do I live towards it? And this is a super big question. So knowing what's important to you and then being aware of how to live towards that is a super, super big question. And as we go through the weeks, you're going to be opened up to more and more new ideas. But my thing is guys, is that I don't want to overwhelm you with all this stuff. And then you go, well, this is all too hard. I can't get to where you're at. I can't get this feeling I want. So I'm going to give up. So I would focus on one or two things. So 
One of the things that I know is really important to me, and I'm just going to use this as an example, is that growth and learning is really important. It's something I do every single day. It's why I created a podcast, but growth and learning is super important. So when I'm scared or nervous or unsure about doing something, I always ask myself, is this helping me grow and learn? So a few years ago, I used to be pretty nervous about going to public events and things, um, not that I was shy in any means, but I would get this like, oh, I don't know if I really want to go. Is this going to be uncomfortable? And then I'm like, no, Jess, this is a growth. This is a chance to grow. This is a chance to learn. You should go. You should get out of your comfort zone. So again, if you can kind of pinpoint and and get to a, a space where you know a few things that are important to you, you could also call these things values. So I I call them values, but I have, as, as you delve into personal development more, you'll understand this as well. But I used to say, you know, health and family and friends are high values. And yes, they are, but I've got different sets of values that are, are more in alignment with behavior that are far more important to me. So fun connection and, um, fun connection and travel growth, learning, those things are really high values of mine. So what you will do if you're having trouble figuring out what your values are, you can often find that your values are contained in some of your most difficult emotions. So I know that for a while there, um, years back, one of my one of my most difficult emotions that I was struggling with day in and day out was that um, I had guilt around my parenting. So I thought I wasn't doing a good job. I'd say something wrong to Scarlett and I'd be, you know, beating myself up over it. I wasn't, she wasn't eating as healthy as I wanted. So the guilt was almost, um, controlling me at some points, especially when she was younger. But what I came to realize is that contained in that difficult emotion was a high value of mine, which is why I had, such a difficult emotion with it. And so the high value was that I I really valued high quality parenting. I really valued being a good parent. It was a value of mine to be um, to be compassionate, to be understanding, to be a parent that is a role model. And so the highest value came out of this difficult emotion. So I hope that makes sense. But basically what you want to do is you want to go, well, how do I know what's important? And then how do I live towards it? And so you can look for those values and you can look for what's important in where you have difficult emotions. Um, another example for me and how I identified that fun and connection was one of my highest values, if not my highest, is that I get stir crazy and I love multitasking and I love, I just love talking to people probably a reason why I did this podcast. Um, but I would go stir crazy. I'd always be feeling these feelings of like, I'm bored. I haven't done enough. I don't feel accomplished. I haven't seen anyone in ages. And what I could find in that difficult emotion, in that frustration, in that anger, and sometimes that anxiousness around it was that I was valuing fun and connection so highly that I needed to go out and get more of it, which comes back full circle to why I love going to concerts and music festivals. And that's been something that I have completely dedicated myself to in the last year or so is doing more of the things that I know are in alignment with my values. So now when we talk about that, and when we use that as an example, you can see how 
if I was to go and um, follow along and get a little bit stuck or caught up in a bit of that social contagion and start like following people that really don't add value to me on social media, um, you know, buying shit that I don't need, like, you know, Kylie Jenner lipsticks, far too many of them, for example, and no, no, no offense to her. I'm just using her as an example, but people buy stuff they don't need all the time just because someone else didn't, they feel like it's going to make them feel better. So someone might say to me, well, how can you afford to go to Coachella next year? Or how can you afford to attend the Eminem concert when it cost you three or $400 for the ticket? It was a, probably a, you know, it was a thousand dollar night by the time we got the hotel and we ate out and we bought the drinks and we got the taxis and we did all the stuff. But the thing is guys, is that you afford what's important to you. You you can afford and you can prioritize what's important to you. So living in alignment with my values meant I wasn't buying takeaway coffees. I wasn't wasting money on stupid things. I was knuckling into an account for fun and connection. So I was putting money away for the things that were important to me for months and months so that when the opportunities came up for me to live in alignment with the values, it was done like that. It wasn't like I had to, oh gosh, well, I don't have the money for that. And I, you know, I, I'm not living, I can't live in alignment with my values because I've got all these excuses. It was like, that's done because I haven't been sucked into any social contagion. I haven't been driven. My decisions weren't being driven by other people's decisions, by other people's behaviors. My decisions, my behaviors, my life purpose, mission, future was being driven by me, by my brain. And I hope guys that this is hitting you hard and you're going, far out. Like I I'm totally doing this. And this is completely why I'm not getting where I want to be because trust me, this is effing huge. This thought process around this is huge. So showing up and knowing what's going on for you is the first step towards progress. So when you're listening to this and you're like, Oh my God, I'm beating my head against the wall. Why have I been doing this? Trust me. We've all been there. We've all done it. And it's something you can change so easily connect back with your values. Ask yourself, how do I know what's important and how do I live towards it? How do I forward plan? Showing up, knowing what's important and going for it is the first step towards the progress. So a really good question to ask yourself, if you've listened to this and I know that when I first caught on to this, I could see like bubbles popping all around me of like, oh my God, I did it then. Oh my God, I did it then. Even when I was out and I challenge you guys this week, when you're out with friends, family, at lunches, at work, Like, do you pick up the chocolate because there's a bowl of chocolate in the staff room? Do you decide to buy something because someone else got it? How are you living consciously or unconsciously in your behaviors? So one thing that I really encourage a lot of my coaching clients to do is ask themselves good quality questions. And so one of the things that is a great quality question, get your pen to paper and write this down. And when you're feeling frustrated with yourself, is to ask yourself, why am I doing this so often? And um, this is really interesting is another great um, phrase that you can use. So it's interesting that I'm doing this so often. I'm going to explore this. I'm going to journal this out. I'm going to write some notes. I'm just going to be conscious that next time at least if I still make the decision, I'm making it because I want to. So sometimes when I'm on the airplane and I'm going to be healthy and then the guy next to me orders a wine or the the lady next to me orders a champagne, I'm like, 
hell yeah, I'm going to have one too. Try time to treat myself. It isn't because I'm being accustomed to, or I'm being sucked into the social contagion. It's because I'm just like, good for you. I like your thinking and I'm going to do it too, but I'm in control of the decision. Um, so there's a big difference there, but asking yourself really good quality questions is where it all starts. So why am I doing this so often? It's really interesting that I am doing these things a lot. Let's delve into this. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let is, let's, let's think about why I'm doing it. And so the great thing about it is when you start to do the work on yourself in these areas, you start to realize that you don't need to live in a state of comparison and competition. I think so many people in our day and age, because of what we're looking at on the outward world and because of all the the amazing opportunity we have, we feel pressure. We feel like this life is a race. We feel like, you know, it's the Iron Man or it's the, you know, whatever. And we're all in this race to get to the finish line. But what you need to understand, guys, is that this is a journey. There's no destination. You'll get to one part and then you'll, you'll progress to the next. I had no idea where this finish line is for me. I had no idea where it was five years ago. I have no idea where it's going to be in five years. I embrace the journey for what it is and just do the best with what, do the best you can with what, with who, sorry, let me start that again. (laughs) See, you can tell I don't do retakes of this stuff, right? Um, but yeah, so life really isn't, about living in a state of comparison and competition. This life isn't a race. It is a journey. And so do the best you can with who you are and the resources you have around you. So you are not the person you're looking at on fa- on Facebook or Instagram. You are not the, p- the friends you follow. You are not your parents, your siblings, your workmates. You are you. So do the best with who you are figure out who you are, know your living life purposefully driven and, and use the resources you have. This is an amazing resource. You've tapped into a free resource right now. And I'm so proud of you for doing that, but be kind and compassionate to yourself and being aware and taking ownership and being curious with your behaviors is where it all starts because there are so many amazing resources that I can give to you guys. One of, one of the books that I absolutely Oh gosh, here I go again. Absolutely love is called breaking the habit of being you. And, and it is about being aware of and taking ownership and being curious with you, who you are and what your behaviors are. So this is a super simple way to look at it. This social contagion, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's really just about comparison decision-making. So if you feel like this is, you know, hit a note with you, I would love to know, an example, show me, share it with me on social media, tag me in a, in a situation where you felt like you might've done a little bit of, of decision-making, um, because of a prior motivation instead of because of a conscious choice. The first step to any change guys is ownership. So I can completely own it. I've done this. I've bought things because I'm like, Ooh, she just got that thing. I better get that thing. I bet it. She's, she's skinnier than me. I better buy that or whatever it is. Um, oh, she, her skin always looks glowing. I'm going to buy that makeup. Oh, she just went to that hairdresser. I'm going to go there. And sometimes that is really cool. Like in my business with my health coaching and with my health products and things like that in the past, of course, I want people to recommend a same thing with anything. Like if you, if your friend hires a coach, of course, I want them to tell you their coach is amazing and you should go, 
get coaching too. But the thing is, guys, is it's conscious choice over the, the motivation and the, the lack of control in your life. So you want to take charge. You want to be consciously decision-making and you want to be focused on that long-term vision and you want laser focus and you want to be really sure that you're following a straight line. So it's okay to take a little diversion here and there, and it's okay to do that. But please guys know that the biggest, the biggest thing you can do for yourself is investigate investigate why you behave in a certain way and then start to consciously decide that you're you're going to change you're going to improve because trust me guys your life can be full of abundance full of happiness full of calmness free of stress depression anxiety and all those things if you just take charge have a beautiful day i hope you enjoyed this episode of the abundance hub podcast please screenshot and share it with your friends because living abundantly means sharing things you love with the people around you. If you post on social media, make sure you use hashtag the abundance hub. And if you'd like to help us, please rate and review the podcast on Apple podcasts. It really helps me get the message out to more people. Congratulations on taking time to invest in yourself today.